This podcast is brought to you by WeTransfer, the world's largest file transfer service. Since 2009, WeTransfer's free platform has been enabling creative thinkers around the world. Visit wetransfer.com today and see for yourself. Photography has the power to take us into worlds we know nothing about. I'm Lucy Pike, Photography Director at WeTransfer, and we've been working with the International Centre of Photography to showcase four image makers whose work does just that. From Nigerian gangsters to teenage insecurities, we'll explore how photographers break into worlds that aren't their own, how they build trust with their subjects, and the responsibility that comes with telling other people's stories. Thanks to the ICP and Wesley Verhove who've helped bring this project to life. In this episode, I speak to Tom Sater about his project Area Boys, a candid series of portraits documenting one of Nigeria's most notorious gangs. The first image I saw from this project shows a man staring straight into camera and I couldn't work out if the intense look was portraying confidence or sadness. Reading the description of the project, I quickly learned how these photographs show another side of the individual's personality that isn't usually on display to the outside world. I love this about photography, that sometimes you allow people to show a different side of themselves. I began by asking Tom to describe the project. I was homeless for 10 years, for about 10 years, where I started photography as a homeless person. And so during the time that I was homeless, like I was experiencing some of the area boys, but I, I, I was never really close to them. You know, I would see them like, you know, you know, harass people and try to like take things from people on the street and all that kind of stuff. So when I was homeless, I never really like get close to them or really like spend time with them because I was always like trying to avoid violence, you mm-hmm. know, getting involved into those kind of situations. So when I started photography and then I started getting hired to come to Lagos mm-hmm. to work on an assignment in Lagos, I was constantly being harassed by the area boys. And at the point I was attacked by them, they like put a knife on my hand. You know, they tried to take my camera from me, but I wouldn't just let them take my camera. So they were just like different kinds of ex- encounters with them. And I don't know, for some reason, like, I was just fascinated by how they go about trying to harass people and take money from people. Yeah, so this is just one of the reasons that I I just, you know, I wanted to, like, really understand what fuels these guys. Because for me, like I said, I was homeless, but I was never just, I never thought about even doing this kind of thing as a way to survive. But for Mm -hmm. them, this was a way to survive. So I just wanted to understand how they're trying to survive through these means. Mm -hmm. So can you just talk to me a bit more about you being homeless for 10 years trying to be a photographer? Can you kind of give me a brief explanation of how that went and what happened? My mom, you know, left me when I was really young as a Mm -hmm. baby, just like a few weeks old baby. And I grew up with my grandmom and my grandmom passed away when I was almost becoming a teenager. So when she passed away, I didn't have anywhere to go, you know. And so, yeah, I started trying to take care of myself, just doing all kinds of odd jobs, like cleaning jobs. Uh, and yeah, so people told me about Abuja, you know, that, oh, you could go to Abuja. So Abuja is the, the capital of Nigeria. Mm-hmm. And it was a new capital with a lot of opportunities and construction and all that going on. So people told me where I was born that, oh, you should go to Abuja. There'll be more opportunities for you in Abuja. So I decided to go to Abuja and... Um, you know, I didn't know anyone there, started living on the street, you know, trying to survive, doing pretty much the same thing, like cleaning and all that. Being homeless, I was spending a lot of time around 
newsstand where they sell magazines. And, you know, I was really influenced by pictures in magazines like Time and Newsweek and all that. And, yeah. And so I saw the power of images through some of these magazines because I would spend a lot of my time just reading through these magazines and all that. That was how the interest in photography came about. And then there was this guy, a friend of mine that had like an old film camera. And so I will use his camera sometimes to like, you know, practice taking pictures. But then sometimes I wouldn't see him. So what I started doing was like, if I see someone with a camera on the street, like maybe like a, a tourist, I would like walk up to them and like maybe try to like ask them if I can like borrow their camera to use and take pictures. Mm -hmm. Most of the time, people say no because they were scared about this yeah, guy. Yeah. <laughs> Which, uh, but some people were curious to see what I could do with their camera. So that was just how it all started, by just borrowing people's cameras. And then I started making friends with even people locally, photographers mm -hmm. who have cameras, started building their trust and, you know, borrowing cameras. And sometimes I would even go to, like, photo studios mm -hmm. and um, ask them if they would let me use their camera. But... It, it, that never really worked, so I offered to like do cleaning job for them. <laughs> so when they gave me when they gave me access into their studio to clean, and then I would, you know, from there like start building a relationship with the photographer in the studio, and then asking to uh, to use their camera and you know just take photos around. That was just how my interest in photography started and trying to uh, yeah to take photos. That's um, such an interesting story. I also think it's uh, amazing that you spent that long getting into photography and, and borrowing other people's cameras. That must have been quite scary to have to even go up to people and kind of ask to do that. Yeah, it was it was really scary. Even for me, I was really scared because the thing is like, I was really lonely and isolated for a long time. So I was really scared of people. Mm. But then after for a long while, I got tired. Like sometimes I would realize I've gone like two, three days without talking to anyone. And so I wanted to break away from that. And, you know, we sit down in one place, like observing or like just looking around. Like I would even go days without even eating food. But then I was just tired of being like that. And I wanted to like communicate with people and build relationship with people. When the whole idea of the interest in photography spark up in me, I have to like learn how to like you know walk up to someone and ask them to use their camera, mm. and then when they let me use that camera, I have to deal with the fear of having to ask a total stranger on the street that can I take a photo of you? Okay, you've met the security guard that was a friend of yours, and then he introduces you to some of the area boys. How do you start to get them to trust you, to even be able to get your camera out in front of them? How did that process start? It wasn't easy. We first got a few of them, and then we agreed to meet at a local bar. We did explain to them what we want to do, and they at first they were like, oh, um, they're not sure if they want to do this. But So I started telling them my own experience of you know, being on the street and why, how my first encounter with them on the street and I didn't have the guts to get to understand them. But now that, now I feel like I'm ready and I want to, I, I want to understand them and I'm a photographer and I want to use this tool that I have as a photographer to be able to 
to look at their lives and look at what they do. And so how did you feel that first meeting? Were you nervous or? Yeah, <laughs> I was I was really nervous. At first I was, I, I didn't want to bring out my camera because when these guys showed up, they were looking scary, like scars on their faces. Some of them came with fresh wounds. It was just so scary. And mm. because of what they're known for, like I know many photographers in Lagos here that have had their cameras stolen from them, even foreign photographers who have been attacked by Arab boys here. So I had this expectation that this could happen. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but then they asked if um, we're going to pay them. And I say, um, well, I think it's unethical for me to pay mm. um, you to, uh, to photograph you. But I'm happy to buy drinks for you guys. But um, I would prefer if you agree to photograph before you even, you know, start drinking, you mm. know. And then they asked for um, weed. And I said, yeah, I'm happy to to buy weed for you guys. But, you know, you have to agree to be photographed first before, yeah, you take all these things. Yeah. The photographs that you've shot are quite intimate. They're set up in the same way. And it's very obvious that they know that you're taking the photograph. So I was wondering how that first shot was taken and kind of how you felt if you could talk me through that my whole idea at first was to like photograph them in their element in their environment i wanted to like go out with them like i wanted to photograph them where they sleep i wanted to like really follow them around but then they said that was going to be impossible and the reason was because they will often get into like violent fight with other groups so it wasn't just the right thing for them to do at that moment, but it's something that we're willing to do later. So at that point, I was like thinking like, what should I do now? Like, so I started thinking of how to improvise in another way that I can do this thing. I had an opportunity to like sit down very close to them, like first to first and have like one-on-one talk with a lot of them. And so this whole idea came into my head about maybe I should make portrait of them in a very close like this. And so I told him that as I'm talking to you now, I would love to make a portrait of you, but I just want you to be yourself. So did you shoot for kind of a day with them or an afternoon with them? It took a whole day because some of them were meeting each other for the first time, not for the first time, but maybe they haven't seen each other in a long while. And they were like also like catching up. There were a lot of like talking back and forth. And there was one of these guys who showed up bleeding. He said he just came out of a fight. He was stabbed. And, you know, he was able to, like, cover himself up. And I was like, would you not go to the hospital? And he was like, oh, no, there's no need of going to the hospital. He's just fine. The blood is going to stop at some point. He let me photograph him. So I spent, it was, uh, we were just like, at some point they would say, no, they don't want to. Mm. Yeah. (laughs) You know. Yeah, because that's what I was going to ask next. You know the reputation. You've kind of experienced it firsthand. Do you worry that someone's not going to be happy with the images if they see them? Does that also make you nervous when you're doing something like this? Well, the thing is, like, I'm always very honest with my subject. I always tell them how I'm going to use the images. Mm-hmm. Because I, it has never happened to me that I've taken a photo of someone and posted on social media or been published somewhere and they come to me and I say, oh, you didn't tell me you were going to use my image this way. But I've seen how other photographers have gotten into trouble with that. So... I've been very honest with my subject. I always tell them how their images should be used. So I did explain this thing to them. At first I told them, look, I'm hoping to make a book out of this thing. But before I make a book, I might 
uses images for exhibitions, for photo festivals, and I might use them on my Instagram. And I even gave them my Instagram details, my social media details. And, mm -hmm. I, and it was, oh, they'll be happy to look at the images. The thing is, like, they were also, like, really interested to see how they come out of the images because these guys are also, like, very stylish. <laughs> um, yes, there's this kind of pride around you taking the photo. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. And some of them are already, like, familiar with social media. So they were also, like, really interested to see what people will say about them if they look good enough <laughs> or if they look scary or so. And were you worried about how you'd represent these people? I mean, you can really see their personalities, their kind of different quirks within each portrait. But were you worried about a responsibility of how you represented them? I wasn't worried about it because the thing is like, the whole idea of this thing was I wanted to humanise these guys. Mm -hmm. You know, people are so scared of these guys, you know. The whole point for you was to show that there's a different side to them. Yeah, so the thing is, like like I said, you know, my experience being homeless on the street, like, people were scared of me on the street, mm. even when I wasn't an area boy. <laughs> but people used to be scared of me for some reason. People would think I would steal from them. Like, even when I go to people's houses to clean their houses, they were always, like, watching me. And when I leave, you know, I've been accused of all sort of crime when I was homeless. Even just hanging around in the neighborhood when a crime happens, people would just, like, say, oh, it must be this guy. He's a homeless person. He sleeps around here. He sleeps on the street here. And I felt bad, like, because I just think that people shouldn't judge you based on the fact that you are just a homeless person or you know so for me you know i know these area boys are known for committing a lot of crimes but i wanted to also people to look at them like they are just normal human beings who are being put into a situation but do you think uh, it was because of that what you went through you basically want to show that maybe what people first see isn't actually what people are like or to kind of humanize that that side of it yeah i wanted people to look just beyond what they do. I want people to look at them as human beings. I mean, it's part of my own experience as well. I, I never committed any serious crime. Like I said, my crime was stealing food. You know, I, I don't remember begging money on the street. I think I remember I only begged money once on the street and I was so ashamed and embarrassed of myself that it took me a lot of guts to woke up to this man and say, mm. look, I've not eaten food for three days and I'm shaking, even though I wasn't shaking because I have to like, clean my face and try to look presentable. Mm. But, and also because people also gave me opportunity, despite the situation I was in, people gave me opportunity. People saw what I was doing. And, you know, my first camera was given to me by, you know, this guy, a guy that I met on the street and he became friends with me and he saw some potentials in me and he kept in touch with me. And, you know, when the opportunity come from, came, I mean, for me to do a photography job and I didn't have a camera and this guy offered to send a camera to me, you know. And from the pictures I was taking, people saw, even pictures that I was taking with strangers' cameras, you know, people would write me back, like they would write me a letter and say, oh, I like how you took this image and I'm really, uh, I think you should look up this photography project, you should check out this photographer's work. Like people kind of encouraged me despite mm. in that situation I was. They looked beyond just me being a homeless person looking dirty or looking like I could just steal from anybody at mm. any moment. And so with this project, what are you hoping would be next for it? Is it still ongoing? Or Yeah, the project is ongoing. Uh, it's a tough project to work on 
these guys, they changed their mind a lot. <laughs> in 2017, I was selected for a WordPress photo workshop thing, and I proposed to continue working on that project. So I went back and photographed them more. But even that, it was really, really difficult. Some of them are already in prison, and they were happy for me to like even photograph them in prison. But it's very difficult to get access into prisons here with your camera. So I haven't been successful with that. So I see this as an ongoing, long-term project that I want to work on for as long as possible. The idea of making portrait of them is it's it's one part of it. I want to get deeper with them. I want to like follow them around. I want to spend more time with them. You know, some of them have kids. They have families, mm. and their their hope is that kids don't end up being like them. So there are different ways that I want to look at this. Project. So I guess you're kind of trying to develop it more in terms of different elements. With the portraits that um, you've already published, how did that work with them? Did you try and lead it or did you let them pose how they wanted to pose? How did that interaction work? Okay, so I didn't tell them how to pose. Mm-hmm. I only showed them the background. <laughs> okay. And I said, look, I want to use this backdrop. I didn't want distraction. I want people to just look them in the face. I wanted people to face their fears. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> because this is this is most people's nightmare. So I wanted people to look at this nightmare in the face. <laughs> and so are you kind of chatting to them? How long did you have with each person to shoot? It takes, I mean, some people it took like 10 minutes. Some people like just five minutes. Mm, but it was very quick then. Yeah. There was this one guy. It took like 20 minutes because he just kept... I think he, he he said this is my first time being photographed like this. Mm. This was his first time being first with the camera in his face like this. So when I want to take a picture of him, he covers his face. He starts laughing. He walks away. He comes back. So it took longer. Yeah. To feel comfortable in front of the camera, I guess. I mean, it's quite difficult with everyone to to take an intimate portrait like that, especially when it's so you're so close to them as well. Like they're not doing anything else. Yeah. I mean, cameras are very intimidating, mm. no doubt. Like even me as a photographer, when you put an iPhone in my face, mm. I just feel very uncomfortable. I mean, a lot of them feel uncomfortable like anyone else would feel. Mm. I mean, it worked out well. I was happy with, you know, how they look. I didn't tell them, I didn't even tell them how to turn their head or all that. I just like, just stay here and just be yourself. I wanted them to also feel vulnerable. Mm. Because one thing I also notice is like they, they're not good at looking at people straight in the face. Mm. And I noticed that a lot when I was talking to them. They just couldn't look me in the face. So for me, you know, these guys are saying as they are like our fears. They're a lot of many people's nightmare. I, t- I remember telling them that, look, I'm your nightmare now. And the people that are going to see these photos of you are also your nightmare because they will, they will look you straight in the, in the eyes. And they were like, oh, no, like they became so embarrassed about it. And one of them said, oh, what if somebody I have attacked recognizes my face? Will you bring them to me? Will you tell them where I live? And I said, well, I don't even know where you live. I don't think no one would would want to come find you. That's interesting that they're worrying about that while you're taking photographs. Yeah, I think it's because they kind of like build this sort of trust, confidence in me. Mm. This is the thing I love about photography is being having you know, access. And once you're able to like have access into someone's life and they they trust you, you know, they bring you closer to them, you have opportunity to do what you want to do. And it's to also prove yourself that, look, 
you could trust me. You know, um, some of them did actually like contact me when I, I think when I started publishing some of these photos saying, oh, can you print that photo of me and send it to me? So you know that they liked the images? Yeah, yeah. So I did um, give them some of the, I printed some of the images and gave to some of them, yeah. Thanks to Tom for taking the time to speak with us. For this podcast, we transfer teamed up with the International Centre of Photography's ongoing series entitled Projected, where you can literally see the images projected onto the windows of the ICP Museum. To hear more about this, go to icp.org projected. Check out wepresent.wetransfer.com to see the images we discussed. And if you're on Instagram, you can follow us both at ICP and at WeTransfer. Thanks for listening.